Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is a man who sometimes, but not often, communicates solely in beeps, boops, and squeaks, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. And we are, as we will do every year for the rest of linear time, celebrating the release of another Star Wars movie. <laughs> I mean, hey, they're going to crank them out as long as people keep going. Yeah, they're, they're going to make a billion dollars with this one, too. So we'll just keep doing this forever. Uh, luckily for us, there's plenty of garbage Star Wars content to go along with the stuff that people actually like. This time, the one season only droids cartoon. You know what that means. We got to go back. We got to go dissect the 80s. It's your R2 unit. Something's got to be done about your R2 unit. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. So I was thinking about this while I was preparing to watch this episode and, you know, looking up, we were trying to figure out which one to watch. And usually we pick an episode that sounds interesting. That's from like the middle of a show's run. Um, but with this show, it seemed like there were three contained arcs and it would make more sense just to watch the beginning of one. So we watched the pilot, which we don't normally do. Um, and I have to say for a pilot, this is a very confusing episode of television. Yeah. It was like gem all over again. It felt, I was like, there feels like a lot of mythos that I'm not aware of. Yeah. And I've yeah. seen all the Star Wars. I've like, I've seen all three Star Wars movies that were released when this was released. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're up to date, basically. Um, this came out in 85, and it came out at the same time as another show called Ewoks, which, you know, stay tuned. There's, like we said, there's a Star Wars movie until <laughs> the rest of linear time. Uh, but what I what so I, I digress very quickly there. But what I was thinking about today was at this point in the Star Wars universe, you've got three movies that people liked. I mean, maybe maybe you have. I mean, Empire is obviously the best Star Wars movie in general. I mean, some people have different favorites, but generally accepted to be the best. The first, you know, original New Hope is pretty good, and everybody kind of felt like there was a little drop off with Jedi, or at least that's the general consensus. If Jedi is your favorite movie, that's that's fine. You're allowed to like Ewoks, but. After that was that, mine growing up. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a movie for little kids. Like, there's little weird monster creatures, and they save the day with rocks, and they make dumb noises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I liked it, too. I just, as an adult and a movie nerd, I think uh, Empire is the, the best of the trilogy as far as filmmaking goes. But so much of Star Wars was so bad. Like, at this point, they had the three good movies. Then we had the holiday special, which came out in 78 or 79, and was like... So bad, Lucas has stricken it from the world's record, you know. There's this cartoon and the Ewoks cartoon, both of which only last... The other one went two seasons. This one only went one. Um, you had the two Ewok direct-to-TV or direct-to-VHS. Uh, I forget which, but we've done one of those two Ewok movies. I think they were TV. So those two movies. So, like, <laughs> between 83 when Empire comes out and 1997 when you have Phantom Menace... It's two garbage television shows, two garbage VHS or uh, directed TV movies, like you said, and then Return of the Jedi, which a lot of people thought was like the weakest of the three movies. 
it's amazing how hyped people were for Phantom Menace, given like how shitty it had been for two decades at that point. Or oh, that's a, a really half. good point. I never thought about that. But that's a really good point. Like everybody collectively forgot all of the bad parts of Star Wars and were only like, remember when Luke got his hand cut off? Spoilers, I guess, if you haven't seen that. But like, yeah. why are you what are you watching? What are you listening to this yeah. for? If you Again, if you're that if you're the that part of the Venn diagram of people who listen to our show and people who've never seen Star Wars, reach out. I'd like to I'd like to meet the middle of that <laughs> Venn diagram. Yeah, it would be it would be really interesting to hear that. But I just I just had that thought today. It was, it was amazing how we just, as a society, collectively forgot that they were there was so much bad Star Wars. Like the majority, of, if you were to add up the total number of hours, the majority of Star Wars content was bad. Well, I think it's because the the bad stuff was TV stuff, and in the eighties, um, there wasn't a whole lot of like like if something sucked on television, they just. They weren't going to make a VHS of it. And even if it was great, they probably still weren't going to make a VHS of your TV show. That's true. So it's, it was, I think it was easier for bad things to get like stricken from the record of like the public knowledge of like, oh, well, that happened. And like there was no Wikipedia for someone to look it up. Like, yeah, yeah. They, like they might have had like TV Hound because Movie Hound was a book, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know that retriever. there were. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot. I thought you were talking about the Leonard Malton book, but no, you're talking about a different, no. similar book. Yeah, yeah, mom had one of those. Yeah, there was like the who was that guy in that thing before IMDb? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's a good point. I guess it was easier for stuff to get forgotten because there was less of a way to remember it, and the only Star Wars stuff that you were seeing was you know Luke, Leia, Han, etc. Yeah. Uh, um, my other observation before getting into this, and sorry for all the digressions, but one, it's only a 22-minute cartoon that we watched, so it's a pretty short thing. We want to talk about some other Star Wars stuff in this episode. I've always had, personally, a problem getting into science fiction and fantasy stuff when the names are really weird, and I realize that is a big hang-up for me when watching this movie because I found myself drifting out of paying attention in a 22-minute cartoon episode, and it's because everybody's names are like... Yeah, the names, weirdo names get me. So we have... In this, it's Thal Jobin and Jor Doucette. Um, and I remember hearing about Star Wars Extended Universe books and things, stuff I never got into, where, like, everybody's name has, like, nine, you know, Grievous Balaherbadarper and stuff, and it's just, you know, random. Weird accent marks. Yeah, yeah. Grievous Balaherbader, you know, whatever they come up with is just kind of gibberish. And I think that's, like, a thing I've learned about myself in doing this episode is, like, I pinpointed why i have a hard time with like a lord of the rings because you start reading that book and it's bilbo baggins and samwise gamgee and whatever the hell and i'm like can we just call people bill and Derek? like mm-hmm. come on i can't i can't do this well you had the same you had a similar thing when you're reading the hunger games you thought it was in europe because i thought everybody names. was german yeah yeah i was like oh katniss that sounds like a german name katniss and Peter. yeah they, well Peter especially because i was like oh like isn't german for Peter like I thought German Peter was similar to that or whatever, but I just remember being like, oh, this clearly is in Germany. And then someone would be like, no, they live in like West Virginia, you ding dong. And I was like, head explode, you know, totally taken back. Um, but then I was thinking like, I was like, yeah, why doesn't this have normal names like the rest of Star Wars? And Because all I think of was Luke. And then I was like, everybody else's name is gibberish. Aunt Beru, there's an Uncle Owen, which is, you know, normal. I think but we can, we'll call Leia a normal name. Fairly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like not Han totally Solo. out there. Yeah, Han Solo's, you're already into weird territory. 
Jando Calrissian. Hutt? Yeah, they're all like, weird. Hut is apparently a title, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is Jabba the Hut. His cousin is Jabba the the Roof. Maybe I'm not really sure. Well, it's like how it's like how I always thought it was weird that like Winnie the Pooh, like Pooh is a title. <laughs> Winifred of Pooh, my lord. <laughs> Dost thou oh, have any off. honey? <laughs> All right, let's talk about this. Although, hang on, I was looking at the um, the Wikipedia to see like some of the cast and the voice work. One of the characters' names was Kaibo Ren Cha. Yes, and I was like, guys. I mean, I get, like, no one knows this show, so you could have plagiarized <laughs> all of these names. Yeah, yeah. But, like, God, you couldn't have been a little more creative, guys? Well, okay, so have you seen episode seven? Is that Sports The one with Lakers? Ray? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the one with Ray. Yeah, okay. So the other thing that's crazy about this cartoon episode is it kind of explains how the lightsaber ended up with Ma? What was her name? I forget. Mas Kanata. Yes, there you go. I knew you would know it. <laughs> Um, I only say it because it, it reminds me <laughs> her scene was the Moss Eisley Cantina and her name was Moss Kanata. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this this cartoon kind of explains how that lightsaber ends up with Moss Kanata. So we'll, we'll get there in a moment. But there's a weird amount of strings tying the things together. Although I will say I looked it up because I saw the Kaibo Ren in the Wikipedia. Nothing to do with Kylo Ren. Just a similar name by one letter. I figured not. Yeah. So this starts with... C-3PO crash landing in a desert and he thinks R2 is dead. There's like broken pieces of him. And we get original flying sounds. We do. We do. And uh, uh, origin- And Anthony Daniels is here, which is super cool. He is. So actually, we'll, we'll pause for one more second. The reason why this cartoon exists is because they were trying to obviously milk that Star Make Wars money. cow. Yeah. Um, but Lucas very smartly was like, you can do this, but you can't use any of my like good characters. Like I'm going to need those later. You can have R2D2 and C3PO. And they they were like, "All right, that seems good enough." Cuz so they really wanted to do like the animated adventures of Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Chewbacca and Leia. And he was like, "No, no, no. No, 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 no. You can't have the good yeah. stuff." He has some level of integrity apparently. Yeah, yeah. He 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 opened the wine cellar and he's like, uh, you guys can have this case of two buck chuck laying around, but the Malbecs from from nineteen eighty three, those are mine. Sorry, not for you. Don't worry. I'm gonna I'm gonna pee in those Malbecs in about ten years. <laughs> I'm gonna destroy all of the history of my stuff and claim that it's not available for people to watch unmolested. It's cool, it's fine. Despite the fact that I once testified in front of well, I haven't yet, but I will testify in front of Congress about how colorizing movies is the greatest affront to art in history. It's, it's an affront to art, guys. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge hypocrite, and that's just that's what I am. That's why I'm a billionaire hypocrite like every other one. All right, so uh, 3PO, um, who kind of looks like a crash test dummy in these drawings. It, because it's like literally two-cent animation. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The reason why this is canceled is they said it was too expensive, and I don't understand. Like, this is Where very was that money inter- going? I don't know. Apparently, Anthony Daniels has just like piles and piles of <laughs> droids money. Like he got paid like a thousand bucks a movie, but for the droids cartoon, it was a thousand dollars per line. So he just like he just wheelbarrows full of cash. <laughs> he opened with a million bucks an episode. Yeah, and they were like, "Deal. We can't have the show without him." Yeah, it's bananas how expensive they claim this show to be because it does not look expensive. It looks the same level as a GI Joe, a Gem, or whatever. 
I would argue it looks worse than those shows. Oh, you think so? I thought it was like in the same ballpark, but I I don't think it's like, you know, eons more terrible, but it is, I think it looks like if you were to show them side by side, I think Gem and G.I. Joe and Transformers looks a little better. Okay, I'll bite. But there's more detail in the characters, like like C-3PO is really flat. Yes, he me. is. That's that's very true. And the they all are the the Mad Max universe of characters that we kind of meet here because it's really what it is. It's the that's the other connection to Episode Seven. They're essentially doing what Ray does for a living. They're on a desert planet. They're scavenging random space crashes and whatnot for parts, and then they you know build stuff with them. They're Ray meets Anakin, really. Yeah, Rainikin. Rainikin. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so he finds R2-D2 alive, but something's wrong with him. So he's like half pushing, half pulling him around, trying to trying to get him to go places. Which I have to say, like, I think in general, the George Lucas thing of R2-D2 and C-3PO have to be in all the movies because it ties the universe together is a little stupid, like, to be, to be blunt. I like it. But I like the two of them in certain situations. I like them being the sort of comic relief. I think they they both serve that purpose and aren't obnoxious, and they don't you know they don't get into Jar Jar territory. Well, yeah, nothing can, nothing can get into Jar Jar territory. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 they're certainly trying because that thing in the trailer for the movie that comes out, you know, episode eight that we're talking we're tying into here certainly looks like it has the potential for Jar Jar ability with its big... It's like a... It looks like one of those big black-eyed bobblehead or pop pop figurines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, a Funko Pop. No, no, I mean the the, the creature thing, the the hamster. I think it looks like it's not talking, which is already a step above (laughs) Jar Jar. You mean mean they're not going to make the brilliant decision to give it extremely racist dialogue in 2017? I, I dear God, I hope so. Although someone did edit the Jar Jar scenes to have just like alien gibberish and subtitles, and there and it was like way more tolerable. Well, yeah, because it wasn't like overtly racist. Oh, obviously. Uh, I I think seeing- I, I think I think we've made this point, but I think I've repeated this point before. But I heard someone make this really funny point, and I I'm sorry that I don't remember where to credit them, but they were basically like. No one talks about the jazz singer being the first talkie. Like, it doesn't get celebrated beyond, oh, it's the first movie with talking because it was so incredibly racist. And then they're like, Jar Jar Binks is the first fully CGI character, which, again, nobody wants to talk about because it's so incredibly racist. Uh-huh. Uh, but seeing 3PO push R2 gave me, like, nom flashbacks to being in the Star Wars musical when our R2 unit the robotics didn't work, so me in the three PO costume had to sh- had to like nudge him on stage when he wasn't <laughs> when he wasn't pushed on by a stagehand. <laughs> Was there a person in it? No, not this time. The first time the company did the Star Wars, it was a li- there was a kid inside with like a yeah. control kind of a thing. Okay, and so like between takes, they just had to like open the top, and he couldn't get out all the way because he would never be able to get back. Like he, he would have to sit there with the top open. And then this time they were like, we're just going to do a robotics thing and like tie in with this robotics team. But it just didn't work. <laughs> this is so delightful. I had, and it was one of those Pepsi can things. Remember Wait, those? Wh- yeah, <laughs> it was a drink cooler. 
it was the How big did I not alert. get this story before today? Now, what the I, hell? I've totally shown you pictures. <laughs> no, I did not know it was a drink cooler. Yeah, because they're already on wheels. So it was easiest for the robotics to like <laughs> go into that. But then the robotics just ended up not working. So you were pushing around a Pepsi cooler and someone was doing lines off screen like beeps and boops. No, they were they were um they were like pre-recorded actual sounds. Okay. Like actual taken R2D2 sounds. But like um, someone off stage is like pushing the buttons to make it be like beep beep and you were like pushing it around. Yeah, at the soundboard. <laughs> I would I was I would nudge him a little if I had to or a stage hand would just like place him in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I love community theater horror stories. That wasn't that's a professional theater. That's a okay. that's a professional theater. Okay. Well, I love theater horror stories. How about that? Yeah. So anyway, uh R2 and C3PO are, are making their way through the desert and uh it's very deja vu. We've seen them walk through a desert before. Yeah, I was trying to figure out where in the timeline it fell because it seemed like it was part of New Hope. Because the way he described his previous owner, he was like, "Oh, that scoundrel is now a, 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 a what? What is? What do they call Han Solo? Was he a, a uh, smuggler? Smuggler? That's what it was. Yeah, he was like, and now he's a smuggler. And I was like, wait, when is this supposed to be a thing? And I was then I looked it up, and it's supposed to be before New Hope, but it it felt weird. Yeah, the smuggler is how they end up with Luke. Mm-hmm. I thought, but I guess this is before that." Because the Jawas take them to Luke. Ah, okay. They're so on wait. the ship, and Leia puts them. So in this the... is technically between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. And uh huh. Ah, I see. I thought it was the other way. I thought this was between Episode Six and Episode Seven. Okay, I didn't realize it was a prequel. Well, anyway, these two Mad Max-looking ruffians pop out, uh, as I mentioned, Thal, Jobin, and Jor Duset, and they are working on a special racer, and they need parts, so they pick up these two droids, like, oh, they'll be real helpful for the racing, and then they decide to race home in their junker racers, and they start getting chased by the glowing orb balls from Phantasm, basically, except they don't have spikes on them. Yeah, no, no spikes. Uh, and C-3PO falls out, and he somehow, like, throws a rock and blows up a speeder with it. It's kind of well, an insane because, sequence. Because Ray prototype shoots the droids that are coming after them as 3PO throws the rock, so 3PO thinks he did it. Right. I really wrote fake Ray comes to the rescue as well, so I liked that very much. <laughs> Same page. Uh-huh. She, I was like, oh, this is, this is Ray in, like, sand person cosplay. <laughs> the uh tuscan raider yeah exactly so then we meet the bad guys who are these two blue dudes and they're just they're i mean they're spouting gibberish i mean it's just like they gotta get the who's a what's it to put it in the he's a wetsy and it's gotta fit the blah blah doobie or they're gonna be in trouble and then one of them says jabba and i'm like oh i recognize that word <laughs> i get that reference we're gonna get so many angry tweets i bet there's i bet there's a huge droids fan community out there on the internet i think i, I think we're it. tapping we're well, tapping because, into an unserved market. Because they're... I'm going to try and think of the most diplomatic way I can say this. <laughs> you know how there's, like, Civil War reenactors yeah. and there's, like, Ren Fair performers? Yeah. Well, there are people who dress as Star Wars troopers, star stormtroopers, 
as though they're reenacting an actual historical event. I, I hate, why you always team me up for these things where I'm defending people, but I will say I have met, I'm not, not, I'm not, I've met only in character, but I have met dudes. I think they call them the 501st or the 501s or something like that. the The 501. The ones near me pretty much only show up to movie premieres, and children's hospitals. So I have like a hard time like ragging on them too hard for the thing that they do as a hobby. You know what I mean? I was not saying anything negative. Okay. 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 The way you were describing it, I thought you were like tearing it where it's like you got your Civil War folks. And then weirder than that, you've got your – I forgot what the other thing you said Ren was. Ren fairs, And then like the third level of weird is the 501st. Well, no, now, mind well, you, be, I, I, am, who, I am I am not a guy who's ever going to put on a Stormtrooper outfit and like run around in it. <laughs> But if that's what you like to do for fun, more power to you. And I think it's cool that the ones near me, at least, do a bunch of charitable stuff. I think that's pretty dope. Well, no, I didn't know you'd ever heard of the 501. And I was like, I don't know how to explain this. Like, like it's more than just cosplay. It's like a civil yeah. war reenactment, but for Star Wars. But they, uh, they, are not a, they, were not, they are not fans of the Star Wars musical that the theater company put on. Because it's, like, silly? Yes. They yeah. think it is n- taking, making too light of the work and uh <laughs> yeah like we I, were good we were the, the list of things that are inappropriate for a lightly comedic musical is very short and it's like mostly things that have to do with the holocaust yeah actual tragedies are not are not <laughs> musical fare. yeah we like i don't want to see your parody spoof of the diary of anne frank i don't want to see no. your parody spoof of of uh, i don't apartheid. even know. yeah i don't i don't need anything dealing with genocide actual genocide i don't want to see when you're talking fictional alien genocide i have less of an issue with it i will say that yeah like a barnes and noble or something was doing a star wars event and we were asked to bring some scenes and we had they like our director had to be like is the 501 going to be there? And they were like, yes. And she was like, when are they scheduled to be there? And they were like, in the afternoon. And she was like, then we will be there in the morning. <laughs> That's amazing. Did they like boycott your performance? Because like that would be hilarious to they're me. Not like, I would, they're not, I would they're make not, like, fun picketing. of them. <laughs> if they but were they just like don't in like costume it. picketing your show, I would it's make like fun Westboro of them. Westboro Baptist Church nonsense. <laughs> Just imagining a bunch of people in full stormtrooper gear with like one Darth Vader, like holding picket signs and marching and chanting outside of your theater. Picket signs strapped to lightsabers. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, I'm sorry, stormtroopers don't hold lightsabers. They're not eligible as non Jedi. Oh my god! If I They're hear not- ex- in, if I hear the phrase in the extended universe, or like. <laughs> Uh, if I hear you push your glasses up your nose about Star Wars, I will punch you in the face. Uh, if you pick up a book in the Thrawn trilogy, you'll clearly understand what I'm talking about. That's the only that's the only Star Wars book thing I know. Of. That's it. The list is out. That's, a, that's I got nothing. Thing. It's more than me. Uh, so anyway, these guys are spouting gibberish, uh, and they're rivals of, of Jabba, and they're trying to take over. And the, it's a cool alien design. They are. They're very cool looking. And the other guys are fixing up this thing called the White Witch, which is their super speeder, basically. Seems like a weird name. 
It does. It does seem like a strange name in the Star Wars canon. That night they meet a white fake. dwarf. It should have been a white dwarf. Yeah, that would have made sense. They meet uh, that night uh, fake Ray, who we learn her, her name is Kia Soul, I'm pretty sure, which is also a car. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm pretty sure that's what they keep saying in this. Kia Soul is we're gonna go with that because I don't remember. <laughs> I I I heard Kia Soul. Kia Mole. Kia Volt. Mole. M O L. Mole. Oh, okay. I mean, I was I'm like, fine with Kia Soul. I heard Kia Soul, and I tried to look it up, and I did not see anything that looked like Kia anything. So I guess it's I missed K-E-A. Kia Mole. So uh, she needs help, and Jord gets kidnapped by these muscle droids from the blue dudes, and so. Kia Soul helps rescue him by doing some nifty driving, and the bad guys have these robots with turtle shells inexplicably, and the, the they get knocked over, and then they're all doing, like, turtle on their back, swimming in the air motions. Yeah, it's really weird, the, like, floating flying mechanics of these droids, because all the droids, almost all the droids we see that aren't you know, 3PO and, and R2 are... Like floating, flying things, and I was like, yeah. "We've never seen those before," because the physics doesn't make sense, right? But also, if they can fly, you'd think they would just like dig their heels in and shoot their blaster and get themselves upright in like you know a half a second. You would think, yeah, or it would have some kind of a thing that like like a magnet that would let it not ever do that. After they capture Jord, they're coming after Thaw, and they're about to catch them when she does that big escape thing, right? And then. They get away, and R2-D2 is helping search for Jord on this other planet. I think it's the same planet. I think it's just elsewhere on the planet. Okay. Yeah, that's probably correct. Uh, And we get a classic C-3PO, what are the odds? And he says it's 700,000 to 1 against that they are able to get this guy without getting caught. Because they're looking at a, a monitor... And there's a flashing light to indicate where their friend is being held prisoner. Because that makes sense. Yeah, don't don't you have a tracker for your friends so they can find you? Didn't they? Didn't you guys do the pact of trackers like like me and my friends? Well, I'm more concerned with like if I have someone held prisoner, I'm not going to put a tracker to show exactly where they are. I might put a decoy tracker into like a flame pit or the chomp room from Galaxy Quest, something like that. <laughs> No, he's got a tracker embedded in his wrist. Like they're all, both Jord and Thal went to a place and got trackers embedded so they could find each other if needed. Bestie trackers. Yeah, well, I mean, kidnapping is a real fear in this universe, so it makes some level of sense. I, I mean, you're not wrong. Like kidnapping is the one of the most reoccurring things that happens in the Star Wars universe. Exactly. So we cut to the prisoner, and there's Jord with the fat alien, and they both have like incredibly similar body shapes in the drawings, which made me giggle. Like, like it clearly looked like they just took the first one. And we're like, ah, we'll just make him a little bit taller. Boom, done. Make it blue. <laughs> yeah, big head, blue body. We're done here. Was the big guy like in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? His voice sounded really familiar. I, I didn't look up the voice actor because, again, I didn't know what anybody's name was. I, we do learn that the thinner blue alien's name is Sias Frum. Uh, I thought that was his dad. Oh. See, Wait, is he that... si- I know his name was <laughs> – he has a dad. He does. He's, he's got, like, major daddy issues about it. He does. Um, so this is Frum Jr.? S- squeaky Frum, if you will. Squeaky Frum, yes. Uh, squeaky Frum and not – Jabba, the blue guy, have 
Jord captured, and they're trying to take over the rival gangs, including Jabba the Hutt, the only person who you know in this who's mm-hmm. mentioned by name. And Jord is getting way. He's like, "Oh, are you this like evil, like crime boss?" And he was like, "No, that's my dad." And he goes, "Oh, okay." And he puts his feet up on the desk, and I was like, "Bro, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like just because just because that's his dad, not him, doesn't mean that this is casual now." <laughs> you're still very much in danger, and you're not treating this with any level of respect. Like you gotta you gotta come down from this silly thing you're on, and and just be here in the moment and afraid. That's what you should be doing. So they, they go into the tunnel and they're going to start rescuing Jord and Thal just like pulls a lightsaber out of his butt and is like, oh, I bet I could cut through the steel door with this and just like, shoo, shoo, shoo. And he puts it in his pocket and never takes it out again. It's like, um. No, he uses it later. He uses it to cut uh, Jordy LaForge's handcuffs. Okay. Well, how about using, I guess the argument is he'd get murdered immediately because he's not trained like a Jedi. I thought to use that, like, the lightsaber you or anything other than like a, a blunt lightsaber instrument? without the force or training. Like I thought it was just like made like it wouldn't you couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I thought the reason behind how does the lightsaber know when to stop shooting out of that thing and instead like not being eighteen feet long was the force. Yeah, I assumed as much. And also, I'll say it again as I do in every Star Wars episode: if they really want to ensure that I come to all these movies. I want to see the gruesomest execution by lightsaber you could think of, which is put it up to someone's temple and then turn it on. We got something similar in in Ray's tail, the hand raised tail. Yeah, he but I want he did it to the chest. Yeah, not the, which I mean, is cool. Similar. Yeah, but I wanted to. I want somebody like I want. I wanted Kylo Ren, like the darkest, baddest dude on the planet. So we think hot topic. Yeah, hot topic, Darth Vader to to put someone on their knees, put it at their temple, turn it on, and then sh- push them down with his foot, like from the center of their shoulders. Do you want? Okay, so are you? So oh, so you're saying it's gonna come through their eyes then? Yeah. Oh, I I'm picturing he just like puts it on their forehead. No, no, and no. Then no. I want it down, so it just shoots out the back. I want it to be at their temple, and then I want him to like kick them in the chest so it like pulls out of their face. I think mine is more likely to happen than yours. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do an execution-style sword murder in Star Wars. It's a children's movie, for God's sake. I'm just saying, if you want me to believe he's the biggest, baddest, grimmest mofo on the planet, show me some darkness, not him I mean, getting upset and throwing a lunch tray. Maybe they will in in a lazy title, a new Star Wars film. Yeah, yeah. Whew. The, the Han Solo title is the worst of all of them. My favorite is the memes that are like the re- the reveal of like Solo, a Star Wars adventure. And some, it's someone being like, well, I didn't know what to expect. But uh... <laughs> I mean, that title is basically fuck you, nerds. You're going to pay us anyway. Well, that whole movie has just been like riddled with gut with nonsense. <laughs> See, I, I, I have a friend. I'm not going to mention him by name because I'm going to be a little bit mean to him right now, but he's a, he's a bigger defender of movies in general than I am. And you, like, he is here for star Wars in all shapes and capacities. And he was like, <laughs> we were texting about this. I was like, that is a really bad title. And he's like, you're not going to, you're not going to sucker me in on star Wars, but like, it's just a bad title. It like, is. The, it is. It is. The movie can be fine, but like the title is bad. I, we've talked about this a bunch with Marvel, but I have a real problem with these 
I like not doing anything risky ever moves that they keep seem to keep doing where they had Phil Lord and Chris Miller who are two great funny directors and they gave him the funniest character in the Star Wars universe and they kicked him off the movie because they're like we don't want this to be funny. Console is the funniest person in Star Wars like by far. He's not like cracking a million jokes, but he's funny. Like he has a sense of humor. That's sort he's of his the whole thing of the Star Wars universe. Exactly, because Harrison Ford only has one gear, <laughs> and that's past the bull. Well, now it's just pass me my money. I, I sign my check, and I'll be there. <laughs> that's true. Oh man, but yeah. Like he is. I, it, you could have gone with literally anything. Like even I, if you named it like Spork, I would be more intrigued. <laughs> I like it, like it, the fact that the title is just his name is so effing lazy. And to me, like this is a movie that people are hearing all these backstage rumors. Like you got to bring in uh, boring ass Ron Howard to finish the movie and like do all that stuff. Probably brought his daughter with him. Yeah, God knows. Like, give me something to be excited about. What I'm a little nervous about if this movie's going to be any good. And also. As we've said before, who who asked for the Han Solo spinoff movie? Like who who possibly wanted that? Nobody. Anyway, yeah, no, who like you know, you know what, what I, I wanted a Ray movie. <laughs> you know what I don't care about the backstory of any character in fiction. Like the the I don't want to see a whole backstory movie of literally any character in all of fiction. I don't need that. Really? Not one. I name one good time it's happened uh, in anything book movie because all I can think of are awful examples. Like, where um, they make the movie, and then they go back and do a whole movie about backstory. Oh, but I mean, like, are there characters that I would, like, I wouldn't be mad to see that done in a good, but like, a proper way. I just, have, like, the only example I can think of is The Godfather Part 2, which isn't entirely that, but I guess is most, like, probably is a whole movie about the, the beginnings of Don Corleone. But, like, you know, Ghost and a Watchman just ruined Atticus Finch for people. The Halloween yeah. remakes of Rob Zombie just ruined Michael Myers. I did that. That was when I actively didn't need. Like you didn't need to take the jo- the shark from Jaws and then give it an abusive <laughs> home life. Yeah, like what is that? What Jaws five is? It's like how did the shark get to Amity and why is it so angry? It's just a baby shark, like with an with an alcoholic father and a stripper mother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Terrible. Anyway, this guy having a lightsaber is got to be part of, like, I guarantee there is some tangled web of answers that explains, I guess it's not Ray if it's a prequel. I guess it's Luke. Yeah, Luke, Luke, because it goes to yeah. Luke and then Ray. Yeah. So it just, it seems bananas. Uh, also, there is like a 100% chance Luke Skywalker dies in this movie. Like a 100% chance. I know, I know, yeah. I know. They're, they're I know. just like wiping that slate clean. Yeah. Okay, uh, so, yeah. So, 3PO, we've done a lot of digressions in this episode. We're very sorry. It's a 20-minute uh, <laughs> cartoon show yeah. selling toys that have already been made for a movie that already grossed a million dollars. Probably a billion. Um, so, 3PO point, and... A billion? With all three movies and all the merchandising? Mm, fair enough. So 3PO and Kia Soul start sneaking in and these droids are like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. And it quickly devolves into like a fist fighty running around laser blasts everywhere. That's the other thing. We keep picking these cartoons with action sequences. And so the whole cartoon is just laser fights. At least this time it was the cool laser sounds from Star Wars. 
absolutely. But it's just funny. The only time we've watched a cartoon where there's like a plot and machinations to fix it has been Jam and the Holograms, which was incoherent for a different reason. But also, like, it just it occurred to me, like, G.I. Joe, Transformers. It, it, it gets less incoherent if you keep watching. It's like a drug. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's like a drug. It's just it all laser to make a lot more the sense down. the more you do it. But also, like, the map of the secret base they're infiltrating to f- try and find Jordy LaForge makes zero sense. Like, sometimes they're vertical, but they're not, like, the physics of their body isn't reacting as though they're flying vertically, but then they're, like, flying through an elevator, and then they're horrors. I, it, I was just, like, so confused. Yeah, I it does the, seem anti-gravity. on the blueprint and trace with their finger where they're going to go. <laughs> There's a standard operations for how this works. It's like you show me what we're gonna do, and then you go do it. It is true, and we did. We did not have that moment. Or like in uh, Spaceballs, like it's very clearly understood where they're flying. Yeah, yeah. So they get to this guy Jord, and there's all sorts of laser fights. They're like jumping in the ship, and they're racing out or whatever. And then they need a distraction to get out of this final room, and so three PO goes to activate the droids and, and provide a distraction. And instead, he basically does, like, moose ears with his tongue out to a laser that's mounted on the wall so that it blows up the console. And it's by far the best part of this whole episode. It's such nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, he makes the sensor. He's, like, he's like fainting left and fainting right and then standing in front of that thing and does, like, a and it shoots him and he hits the button and they escape. Uh, so they destroy a ton of the droids of the blue guy and really wreck his plan to take over the world. Which I feel like has got to be weird for a droid to do that. Yeah, it is sort of like murdering your species. Yeah, it feels it feels weird. Like feeding chicken to a chicken. Yeah. But also, there, like, there's several moments where 3PO just pretends to be part of the security system and, like, one of the droids who works there. And I was like, yeah, but, like, they're going to know there isn't a 3PO unit, right? Like, wouldn't you know that there isn't a humanoid thing when all of you look like floating bug creatures? Like yeah, presumably bugs. there's there's like a connected network of these things and they're able to know who's in it and who's not. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense that he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm one of you. And they're like, OK. So they escape and there's a final fight with the balls from Phantasm, but they get away and then they're going to go off and speeder race. And they're like, oh, I guess Kia Soul is in our group now. OK. And, and let's get a pratfall and call it a day. Yeah, 3PO talks about needing balance and poise, and then he falls over because he can't keep his balance. So that's the end of the episode. Would you watch it's, another episode of the Droids cartoon? No, it's such a cheap cash grab. It makes zero. It makes to me it makes less sense than the Mario cartoon that genuinely did not tie into the mythos of the of its source <laughs> material. Man, that was terrible too. At least that had the be- the benefit of only being like thirteen minutes padded out with Lou Albano being like as big of an actor as possible, and Cindy Lauper. Like I was pleasant. I was like here yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is a mess. Uh, looking at the uh, Wikipedia, I didn't know how long the series ran, and it said over the course of the series, the droids team up with four different sets of masters. The series is divided up into three cycles. At the beginning of each, the droids run into their new masters accidentally. At the end of each, they are forced to leave for one reason or another. And I was like, oh, so I'm guessing it's like three seasons or four seasons, and each season is a different thing. Nope. It is one 13-episode season in which they get four different masters. I believe it's four, four, and five episodes. But I was thinking about it, and that's basically like each one of those is a movie. I mean, an hour-long movie. 
No, it's twenty four twenty two minute episodes, so it's eighty four minutes, eighty eight oh, minutes. Yeah, that's exactly no, what it, the it's point. Four was. different masters, and there's thirteen episodes, so it's three three three. Oh, okay. I thought it was th- okay. Yeah, I don't know then, because the obvious would be, oh, it's three sneaky short movies that they knew they could cut together and air later, but not not at that length. It also aired back to back with that sea. Uh, I almost said Seahawks. Jesus, the Ewok series. There were two half hour <laughs> episodes. Seahawks. That, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I have football on the brain. I, I don't know. This the Seahawks series. Richard Sherman as Glub Glub. What was that? I feel what like was that Ewok's name? I don't remember. The one Tim with Tams. the the one with the girl Cinder. Oh. C- Cinder sounds right. That was her name, Sydney, Sydney, something like that. <laughs> Hang on one second. I'm gonna Wicket. There we go. Yeah, Richard Sherman as Wicket in Seahawks. It's Star Wars story. Uh, so yeah, not a recommend from either one of us. This is pretty atrocious. What's your yeah. level of excitement for Episode Eight? Oh, I'm I'm really excited. I I really love Ray, and I'm I'm curious. I know I have a feeling that it's just queer baiting the whole like Poe, Dameron and um, Finn stuff. Yeah. There's a 0% chance that a 0% chance that's going to be real canon even. So uh, that makes me, I'm just sort of like whatever, but I love Ray and I like, I want more of her. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm curious to see how they handle princess Leia. Now that I know that she shot stuff for this and episode nine before she passed, but I'm curious to see how that goes. And uh, I, I did not love episode seven. I really enjoyed the Force Awakens. Uh, have you not seen that Wait, yet? Force Awake Force Awakens is episode seven. Well, what's the other one called then? Oh, are you talking about the Rogue One? Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Mulan Rouge One, as a lot of people. Call yeah, it. yeah, Rouge One. Um, I obviously uh, my brain is falling apart. It's been a long week at work. My real job. I'm sorry. It's only eight thirty when we're recording this right now, so there's no excuse. <laughs> Um, Wait, so you didn't like Rouge One, but No, I liked I liked Rogue One a lot more than Force Awakens. Oh. Okay. I never saw I saw parts of Rogue One. Um There is a three minute sequence in Rogue One that is among my favorite sequences in all of Star Wars ever. There's a is really it the f- the bl- laser blasting fight in the town square? No. You should watch it. It's very cool. I don't want to give it away because just giving you any details, okay. it, giving you any details would spoil it. There's just a really great moment in it that I that I really love. But it had a lot of guts and a lot of weird, interesting choices, which we always talk about that are missing from major motion pictures. I have a feeling this is not going to be that. I feel like we're just going to get Empire Strikes Back Part Two, basically, because that's what For- uh, Force Awakens was. But we'll see. Plus, uh, I'm curious. Plus, uh, Luke Skywalker riding on Ray's back like Yoda. Yeah, I'm in. The, I'm here for that. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm I I am curious to see like Mark Hamill, knowing that it is probably his final hurrah, and you know the, by far the greatest role he ever got to play. And I think he's a guy who understands that. I don't know. His and Joker is pretty iconic. You're correct. That's also just voice acting, which to me feels like a half a step down versus like actually getting to be on screen and be seen. But you're right. His Joker is very great. Fair. So like he gets this really cool opportunity to to send off a super, super famous character that he got to be, and he gets to originate it and end it, I'm guessing, because, like I said, there's just almost no way he doesn't die. That's how Star Wars works. Um, yeah. So, so I think that's really cool, and I'm curious to see what that looks like, basically. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm very pleasantly curious. I'm not, like, amped and, like, you know, 
dying, but like I'm I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. If you want to get more of us, we are available on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can find us on social media, facebook.com slash dissect the eighties and at dissect the eighties on Twitter. No I N G. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us that way, or you could also give us a call. It's eight, five, six D I S S E C T. Most importantly, it's the holiday time and we want you to give us a gift. I know that's obnoxious to ask for, but the gift we want is really easy. We just want you to open your podcast platform of choice and review the show. If you do that, We'll read it on the air. It helps us the most if you do it on iTunes, but we'll if you send us your review from anywhere, we'll make sure we find it, and we'll read it. Uh, so please, please, please review the show if you haven't. I don't even care if you give us one star. Just review the show, please. We'll be back on December 18th, one week before Christmas, with One Magic Christmas, which is a absolutely crazy, insane movie that I can't wait for you to watch, and I'm excited to watch myself. I've never actually seen it, but I have heard insane things. We will see you then. I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until December 18th. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow!